the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. Jesus said, I give unto you the keys to the kingdom. Now that was a power move. Jesus made a transfer of authority. This was a tremendous position of dominance that he had now placed the disciples in. But was this only for the disciples who he was speaking to that day at Caesarea Philippi? Emphatically, no. It was for the entire church. In this historic moment, Jesus says this, Truly I tell you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Matthew 18 to 20. This is a foundational principle, and we have not utilized it enough. I'm convinced Not only do we hold the keys to God's kingdom of working miracles on earth, further, Jesus renders in this passage, he is giving you and I the ability to come together with another believer and the power of prayer will intensify. Now that's something to shout about. I give them unto you the keys to the kingdom. Well, you hold these very keys in the palm of your hands. We thank God for Calvary. We thank God for what Jesus has done. We thank him for the day that he was there with the disciples and the exchange of power happened. He said, I give you the keys. Did Jesus literally hand the disciples keys that day? No, he didn't. Jesus was talking about a spiritual principle that he was enforcing for them. He was saying that power and authority at that time was being transferred to them. And when you read this passage, you are literally staring power in the face. He wants to tell you his secrets. Praise God. That's the title of today's lesson. Because God's word is alive, it performs based on his power, not based on our word. God's word performs based on himself. The Bible says he swore unto himself. That's what he said. What did the keys represent? 
spiritual authority in the kingdom of God. And the disciples understood about keys. See, long ago in ancient times, a king gave his highly trusted steward the keys to the gates of a city. Most cities were protected by walls, and therefore the only access to enter or to leave was by passing through the gates. And thus, the king entrusted the steward in possession of his keys. That steward had power to decide who came in and who stayed out. Power to dismiss anyone who was in the kingdom, but proved unworthy to be in the king's territory or a threat to the king. Can't you just see the disciples there at Caesarea Philippi staring at Jesus intently, listening to every word that he was saying? They must have absolutely been hanging on to each word that he spoke. As they stood there surrounding him, the atmosphere was absolutely amazing. They had to be anticipating what he was about to say next. The disciples stood there and the power keys to the kingdom were handed over to them. And the Messiah tells them, Spiritually, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Because we know that the word of the Lord says forever, O Lord, thy word is established in heaven. And so Jesus was giving them the keys to unlock the power of heaven. There was a power transfer and the disciples had an experience with Christ. And we can experience that same power if we will receive what the word of the Lord is saying. I need you to do something today. And that would be to stretch out your hand with me. Stretch forth your hand and open it wide and just lift it up above your head and open your hand and receive today the keys. What are these keys for? These are the keys that open the heavens. You hold the key to bring heaven onto the earth. Just reach up, open the palm of your hand, grab the keys and close your hand. Knowing that God's word is established in heaven. And Jesus said, I didn't say it. You didn't say it. He said, I give unto you the keys to the kingdom. Oh my gosh. You are to bring the heavens on the earth. You establish God's kingdom on the earth And that is one of the most important things that God has given us to accomplish is the bringing forth of the kingdom of God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, I'm giving you the keys and the gates of hell will not be able to stop you. Oh, bless his holy name. So the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples was significant again. It takes on new meaning. And Matthew 6, Jesus teaches the disciples the Lord's prayer. Please consider the words that he said, thy kingdom come. He introduces them to the kingdom relationship. And Matthew 18, he then gives them the keys to the kingdom. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's given us the keys for this to happen. He's given us power and authority to bring the will of God on earth in our circumstances that we are facing. Will you use them? Ah, the prophets, Job and Isaiah, they talked about the power of God and the greatness of God. I want to share with you an experience that I had just the other day before dawn. Early in the morning, I had an experience. The Lord was showing me about his own mind. It was amazing. He said to me, he said, your mind is not like my mind. The Lord began just speaking out that way. He said, This is what I want to tell you. Your mind is not like my mind. 
My mind is different. And then he began to speak about the position of the creator. I couldn't even take notes because he was just flowing as he spoke. I was in awe. And he said, think of the rain. Think of the rain. I made it. And then he began to just call off different areas of creation. He went on saying, think about the polar bear. I made him. And he just continued to just... He just continued to talk about creation and talk about the clouds in the sky. And when he mentioned the clouds, he said, I made them. He was speaking loud and clear. When I say loud, I mean very clear. He was very specific in what he was showing me, what he was pointing out. And everything that he showed me, he would then say, and I made it. And then he would call off something else, just flowing smoothly with what he was showing me. His mind is not like our mind. We do not have the same mind as God. He said, what can you do on your own? You see, he wants us to remember today that he took us from the dust. He made man from the very dust of the earth. He proceeded saying to me, what have you made from the dust? Your mind is not like my mind. I cried out, oh Lord, have mercy. And he persisted, your mind is not like my mind. Your mind is different. This was an astounding experience with God. He wants us to understand what can we do on our own. We can't even think the way that he thinks. I was absolutely awed. I was captivated not only by his presence, but by what he spoke. He wants us to understand that we are flesh and blood. Think about my mind. You don't have the same mind as I have. He has given us a spirit. So we may have the mind of Christ Jesus, but we must understand we have the mind of Christ Jesus, but what can flesh and blood do on its own? He said, you can't even think the way that I think. What is it that you have created like I have created? I am God all by myself, and you need me. He wants me to remind you today that you desperately need him. We all need him. We don't think the way he thinks. There's not one cloud that we put in the sky. There's not one star that we hung. Not one. He knows them all by name. The word of the Lord says that he has named every star. There's not one that you and I have hung. We must have a dependency upon the Almighty. When we come to depend upon him, there is a flow of the Holy Spirit in our life. And we begin to realize in this dependency that we can count on him to meet every need that he has. He wants to tell you his secrets. Every circumstance that you have, there is a way out and he will make it for you. A lady was speaking to me just the other day about high prices where she lives and she was really upset about it. And truly, I was wondering as she was speaking, how much higher will those prices go where she is? And as I was talking to her and listening to her concern, when she stopped talking, I said, I was guided by the Holy Spirit. I said, but the Lord has already made a way out for you. Uh, This person is very godly. Uh, Someone who really cares and loves God. The Lord allowed me to begin to tell that person what God was doing in their life and the avenue that he had made out for them. God resists the proud. He said, you don't have the mind that I have. But God gives grace to the humble. God has given you the keys to the kingdom. Whenever we are going before God, 
and we must plead on the behalf of someone else. You must humble ourselves before him. God will give you answers so amazing. He will lift that person out of what they think may be the Murray clay for them. Even the angels, when Isaiah stepped into the temple the year that King Uzziah died, the angels were crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And God gave Isaiah a vision and he could see into the spirit realm. When we go before God, knowing that God is holy, we present ourselves before a holy God, having reverence for him, having fear for him, holy reverence and holy fear, a respect and an honor because he is a holy God. And we come before him in prayer. We seek his power. We seek his authority. We seek his glory as we see it upon the earth. And then we enter into God's presence. We acknowledge him as holy, as we're drawing close to him, acknowledging his greatness. We will get God's attention this way, allowing him in our mind to be greater and bigger and make more magnificent than anything that we have ever known. Begin to focus on his holiness and you'll see him in a new way. When you begin to see him in this way and realize how great he is, you begin to understand the power and authority, the ability that he has to give us that power and authority. What ocean has any of us created? Who watches the whole universe? And every instant, he sees everything and hears everything. Who has that mind? Only God. If any of us were given only a glimpse of that mind, it would be overwhelming to know all things at any instant, to know all things at one time. No human mind can withstand that type of power. It would be overwhelming instantly. We don't have the same ability. We just don't have the mind that God has. His mind is greater. And when we learn to depend upon him, knowing that he is greater, that he is all-powerful, there's a shift and the resistance that we have, it will die. And when that resistance dies, there is an absolute transfer of power. Just focusing on his greatness alone, he becomes bigger. He becomes so magnificent that you see yourself in a different position. And then you can truly see yourself, as Ephesians says, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He is bigger and he is greater. He becomes so magnificent, and we see his position above all things. It's mandatory that we give him reverence and glory and honor. As we lift God up in our hearts and in our minds, we begin to understand the greatness of God and his authority, and that he can do all things. And as Jesus said, I give unto you the keys to the kingdom, it is as though that very day at Philippi, that Jesus took the keys to the kingdom and he tossed them to the disciples. And he said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. He's saying you will be unstoppable. Nothing will be able to prevent you from doing the great works of God. We've put a limitation on him. In our minds, God is so limited. Many can't even receive the keys to the kingdom that God has handed over to the church. The ability to bind Satan's power upon the earth and to loose the power of Almighty God in your circumstance. It's so important that we draw close and see God as he is. Who has that much power is someone we certainly want 
as a good friend. I know you agree with me right now. He wants to tell his secrets to you, the secrets about the keys to the kingdom. The Bible says in the Old Testament that God reveals his secrets to the prophets. But Jesus told his secrets to the disciples. He didn't tell it to the world. The world cannot comprehend what he said at Philippi. I give you the keys to the kingdom. The world would say, what keys? Where are they? He didn't physically hand the disciples keys. Where are the keys that he's speaking of? Jesus is talking about a spiritual principle that is so powerful that he said the gates of hell would not be able to stand against you. He gave the church the keys to bind the forces of darkness on the earth. And we have limited God in believing that when he gave us the keys, he gave us the keys merely to unlock the door of salvation to those who want to come into the kingdom and to bind others out by not releasing the salvation message. But God is greater than that. He gave the keys for so much more than just salvation. He went on and took us to a position of authority. So when Jesus took the disciples to Philippi that day, he wanted to show them a place where other gods were worshipped. He wanted to show them the power of Almighty God and that what he would give unto them in that place that day, that the gates of hell, that the other gods were known to come through at the place of Philippi wouldn't even be able to prevail, that all the other gods would not be able to prevail against God Almighty for they were false gods and mere idols set up in the hearts of man. And God wants you to know today that you have power and authority to loose upon the earth and use the keys to the kingdom. The prophets walked in that place with God as they had visions of the greatness of God. And the prophets understood that relationship with them, that if they stayed in a holy reverence and they had a love for God and had an intimate relationship, that God would give them power from on high. The power of the revelation that Isaiah had, the revelation that Job had hundreds of years before Jesus is born. He says, my Redeemer, I know that my Redeemer lives and that one day he shall stand up on the earth. Job, the prophet, is looking, looking far down into the days of time ahead. It's important today that we walk in that intimate relationship with God because he wants you to use the keys to the kingdom. Many in the church know the written word, but it is the relationship that will take you further. We can never be happy where we are. He wants to tell the secrets to his friends, and that would be you. He has given us the angels. He has given us power and authority in the kingdom. You have the authority to summon the angels in your time of need. He said, I'll make the rough places smooth. The crooked places straight and the mountains will be cast into the midst of the sea. This is power and authority that is given to the church. And I want to tell you that right now where we are right now in the season that we are in, God is intensifying the power in the church. The church is moving as a dynamic force. As the kingdom of God is moving forth to overtake the earth. Man has a plan, but God has a plan. 
Everything that we see in the natural has a spiritual counterpart. Nothing takes place in the natural realm before something moves in the spirit realm. He's given you the keys to the kingdom so that you would dominate in the natural realm. And the keys to the kingdom are outlined in one book. The spiritual rules that dominate this realm are outlined for us in one book, the book of the law, the entire law, the holy word of God. Those laws in that book are the keys, the laws that dominate this physical realm. That's why God told Joshua, don't let the law depart out of your mouth, Joshua. Meditate on it day and night. He was telling him, if you do, you will dominate in this realm. The Bible says that Joshua is the only man who the sun and the moon stood still for. And night did not descend on the earth in its normal timing that day. The only man who this happened to. But look at the words that God gave this man. I'm convinced that the sun and the moon can stand still for you and I too. If we would not let the law of God depart out of our mouth, that we would meditate on it day and night. He said we would prosper in all that we do and our enemies would not be able to stand before us all the days of our life. Now this too, these are spiritual keys to the kingdom. What God told Joshua, these were spiritual keys, foundation principles to operate in this realm so that you prosper. You prosper not only financially, you prosper in your health, you prosper in relationships, you prosper in the kingdom of God. Oh, I know some will say, is she teaching one of those prosperity messages? A lady asked me just a few days ago. She said, do you teach prosperity and healing? Is that, is that the kind of message that you teach? And I thought to myself, yeah, I do. I said, I absolutely do. It's in the word of God. God said, I'll prosper you. The Bible says, stretch forth your hand and do miracle signs and wonders through the holy servant, child Jesus. The Lord said, I am God who healeth you. I wasn't sure what message she missed in the word of God. He said, he'll prosper you. He said, he will heal you. He said, he'll be your shield, your exceedingly great reward. God wants to prosper his people today. He wants us to take the entire word. The keys to the kingdom are one of the secrets, not a secret to the church, but a secret that the world does not have. Jesus wants to teach the children of God his secrets. He wants to tell you his secrets of doing the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, doing the works that he did, leading us on to the greater works. God has given us the keys to the kingdom. And with the keys to the kingdom, you are unstoppable. How do we bind and how do we lose? By taking the word of God and applying his promise to the situation and then binding the forces that are coming against the word of God. Loose God's word and authority and power over that circumstance. Maybe it's a rebellious child. Bind that spirit of rebellion and hard-heartedness. And loose over that son or that daughter, that they will honor their father and their mother according to the word of God and live long and blessed upon the earth. So that's binding and loosening. You use the word of God to bind the work 
that the enemy has set in motion and you loose the word of God over that circumstance. You set it free to rule and reign over that area that Satan has tried to dominate. This is the power of, of binding and loosening in this realm. And the only ones who have the key to the kingdom are the children of God. At Philippi that day, when Jesus said, I give unto you the keys to the kingdom, it was historic. And all of time was changed for the children of God. You hold the keys to the kingdom to do the mighty works of God and power and authority and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. God has a mighty work for the church to do. We're in a seven-year Passover season. Three years ago, I said it's a 10-year Passover season. Well, now it's a seven-year Passover season. And I'll tell you, there is so much that's going to pass over your head as you dominate in the spirit realm and use the keys to the kingdom. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.